Hey there, it's Allison, your host, coming to you live from the bed where I'm sitting cross-legged in my non-studio, recording this episode in early May. I've closed the door to the outside in an attempt to block out the sounds of these birds and motorcycles and carpenters, maybe the occasional weed whacker, but it is a sunny, soft day in spring, and hummingbirds are darting and buzzing madly around the bird of paradise bush. It's afternoon here, but it's long after midnight in the Czech Republic, and I am thinking about a listener named Ellen. Ellen is originally from the U.S., but she lives there now and teaches English. She shared some thoughts in an email Thoughts that are so specific to the time that we're all living through, but also so universal. And she gave me permission to read you her letter out loud. From a listener named Ellen in the Czech Republic. It's been over two months since I was last touched by anybody. Social distancing ensures this. The fact that I walk and don't take public transportation anywhere right now means no one even brushes or bumps me by mistake. Czechs are notoriously reserved, and except for those they're intimate with, non-hugging, rarely touching people. I've joked with my daughter that the littlest girl whom I teach doesn't know she's Czech yet. At four years old, she spends a lot of our English lesson crawling on and off my lap. I miss those kids so much, it's physically painful to dwell on it. They have been in isolation longer than the general public, as their grandmother, who is a physician, saw the degree of impending danger early on and suggested quarantine. Sadly, that didn't keep the family from infection. Somehow, all seven of them came down with the virus. Grandmother, mother, and youngest son were hit the worst. Thankfully, they're all recovering now. Beyond all about me, though, my thoughts turned to lonely people everywhere, especially the elderly living alone. I imagine for many, it's not just a pandemic that has kept human touch away from them. For so many people, it's just an everyday life alone. If that's my future, I wonder how many people I'm going to be bumping into at the grocery store. 85-year-old Ellen, oh, so sorry, dear, I didn't see you. I'll look, I made it all about me again. Well, Allison, perhaps some of your other listeners live without the comforts of pets or people. Maybe you know a poem for the alone. When I first read Ellen's email, I was sitting on the bed. Yep, this same bed where I seem to be spending lots of time reading and working these days. And my whole body just scrunched up in recognition and sympathy for her. Two months without touch. I thought like she did of all the elders in hospitals and nursing homes whose loved ones can't physically be with them right now and how bewildering and frustrating that must feel. I thought of my friend Julie, who told me that the three-year-old who lives next door caught sight of her outside the other day and started running to give her a hug and whose mother snatched him up mid-run, and how bewildering and frustrating that must feel. Touch. Even though I'm not sheltering entirely alone, I don't think I realized how much I needed it until now, how used to it I was. Do any of you miss walking down a crowded street 
weaving and swerving to avoid others but brushing against them anyway because it's unavoidable. People you don't know, we'll probably never see again, but still there's that momentary fleeting contact. It's something we're used to, or I am, for most of our lives so ingrained in daily life that you don't even notice it until it's gone. We are humans, but we're also animals, physical beings who need each other's physical presence and touch. Ellen's letter brought separate, distinct memories floating through me. Like the time just a few months ago, when I was visiting my parents, and my mother wanted me to add some pink streaks to her white hair. This was a process that involved me washing and conditioning and combing and drying her hair. I pressed in with my fingertips a kind of head massage, the way my friend Monique does when she washes and cuts my hair, because it feels so good when Monique does it, and I hoped it felt good to my mom. It came to me, that was probably the first time I've ever washed my mother's hair, but how many times must she have washed mine when I was too young to do it myself? Ellen's letter brought back another memory, too, of the morning that the Twin Towers fell as I was walking into my creative writing classroom. We all sat there in shock, sharing the news, whatever news we had, not knowing in that initial moment what we should do. Stay? Go home? Pick up our children from school? One of the students was visibly panicked. She was having trouble breathing, and I remember wanting so much to calm her, to help, even though how could I? That wanting to help was a physical sensation in my whole body, this wanting to keep her safe somehow, and I instinctively just got up from my chair and walked behind her and put my hands on her shoulders and stood there and pressed. I think of Ellen, who in her email describes how her youngest students spend so much time on her lap during their English lessons, and how much she misses that now. And suddenly I am back in time, thinking about one of my daughters. When she was a baby and a toddler, this particular daughter had a hard time sleeping without my touch. I would lie on the bed next to her and bring my knee to her back or put my hand on her shoulder and then I would match my breathing to hers and gradually deepen and slow the breaths and her breath would deepen and slow and then she would fall asleep. Oh, I wish I could hug that daughter now hug everyone I love. Ellen's letter made me think of one of my favorite poems, If You Knew, by Ellen Bass. Yup, it's an Ellen poem for an Ellen listener. The first time I read this poem years ago, it stopped me in my tracks. I still think about it and what it has to say about touch and about being human and mortal pretty much every day. If you knew, what if you knew you'd be the last to touch someone? If you were taking tickets, for example, at the theater, tearing them, giving back the ragged stubs, you might take care to touch that palm, 
Brush your fingertips along the lifeline's crease. When a man pulls his wheeled suitcase too slowly through the airport. When the car in front of me doesn't signal. When the clerk at the pharmacy won't say thank you. I don't remember. They're going to die. A friend told me she'd been with her aunt. They just had lunch and the waiter, a young gay man with plum black eyes, joked as he served the coffee, kissed her aunt's powdered cheek when they left. Then they walked half a block and her aunt dropped dead on the sidewalk. How close does the dragon's spume have to come? How wide does the crack in heaven have to split? What would people look like if we could see them as they are? Soaked in honey, stung and swollen, reckless, pinned against time? Well, that's it for today's episode, and thank you so much for listening. If you liked it, please tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Original music was composed and performed by Dylan Parisi, who can be found on Instagram at dylan.field.parisi, P-E-R-E-S-E. Additional piano and instrumental music was composed and performed by musician Kelly Krebs, whose contact info can be found in our show notes. Poet Ellen Bass's beautiful poem, If You Knew, from her book The Human Line, is used with permission of the Permissions Company and Copper Canyon Press. It was read by Matthew Colfax and Devin O'Brien. Ellen from the Czech Republic's letter was read by Devin O'Brien. Words by Winter is created and hosted by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through what uncertainties or troubles you're dealing with, maybe in the silence of your own mind and heart, let me know so that I can go in search of a poem to help you through, the way that poems have been helping me through ever since I was a little girl. Sometimes life feels too hard, too intense, too much. And if that's where you are right now, reach out. You can send me a voice memo via email at wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or drop me a line at the same address. Doesn't matter who you are, whatever age you are, whatever place in life, I would love to hear from you. For more information, go to alisonmcgee.com and click on the Words by Winter page. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life. Because it is rough out there, and we have to help each other through.